Book Dreams, a member of the Podglomerate Network and LitHub Radio. Welcome to our latest Book Dreams bonus episode. I'm Julie Sternberg, here as always with Evie O'Hallam. It hasn't been an easy stretch for you, Eve, since our last episode. No, it it hasn't. Um, My dad passed away after being sick with cancer for more than two years. And I adored my dad. When cancer, of course, is just an awful way to die, you know, awful for him, awful for everybody who loved him. And so, as you can imagine, my reading has been all over the map. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That is when I've been able to read at all, which for large parts of the last bunch of months, I have not been able to read at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But today, you and I talked about how we wanted to handle today. And I would like to try to talk books today in honor of my dad, who was a constant reader. In fact, he kept a running list of every single book he read going back to 1995, He had them, he had, yeah, he had these kind of tattered notebooks, these small spiral notebooks. And for each book he read, he had two entries. He entered them each by author's last name and he entered them each by title. And then, so for each book, it would say, you know, uh, name, title, and then he had a rating system where each book was either excellent, good, fair, or poor. Hmm. And I didn't even know he had these books until maybe a year ago. He took them out and he showed them to me. And clearly he felt they gave him such joy. And since 1995, he had more than a thousand entries of, of books he'd read. Yeah. I've never known him not to be in the middle of reading something. And he especially Uh. loved mysteries and thrillers. So the two of you would have had a lot to talk about. Yes. And I mean, I'm sure he kept it for himself, but what a gift he's left for you. I mean, to my mind, it's an heirloom. You you have to keep it very safe, Eve. Yes, I I will. And in (laughs) fact, these notebooks, there are three of them. They're the one physical keepsake I have of my dad's. He didn't care about material things at all. This is a man who wore a piece of clothing until it wore out, and then he replaced it with something similar, like very proud of his (laughs) 35-year-old golf shoes kind of guy. (laughs) So, you know, the notebooks are very precious to me, and I had such a good time going through them with my daughter, Maya. Oh, I'm sure you did. I know it's been such a hard time overall. Have you been able to get any reading done? I have, actually. In our last episode, I was in the middle of reading The Last Samurai by Helen DeWitt, which I was really enjoying. And now that I finished it, I just want to say that I loved it even more than I said the last time we spoke, it ended up being not just a book of the head, kind of a dazzling intellectual feat, but it ended up really being a book of the heart. I have Mm. rarely been more moved by a book and um, I, I strongly encourage everyone to read it. The payoff really comes at the end and it's very, very rewarding. So, of course, after I finished that, I went and I read The English Understand Wool, which you had mentioned also by Helen DeWitt. Very different, as we guessed when we talked about it, and really short, more of a long, short story or a short novella. I think it's like 60-something pages. So unlike The Last Samurai, it's not digressive. But what the books share, I think, is they're highly original. They have really strong voice. They're funny. And even in its short 60-whatever pages, the English understand, well, really sneaks up on you and ends up being much more than the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. So yeah. definitely recommend that to everybody, too. You know, it'll take you an hour or two to read, and you'll be so glad you did. 
Yeah. You know already that I love The English Understandable, and I'm so glad that these books were able to give you some moments of escape or solace. Yeah, they did. Um, Until I got the really brilliant idea to finally get around to reading Emperor of All Maladies by Siddhartha Mukherjee, Mm -hmm. which... I've been meaning to read for years. It's, you know, won the Pulitzer and it's a history of cancer. It's full of facts and anecdotes. In my infinite wisdom, I figured, you know, it's so relevant to what's going on with my life and it's going to make me feel better to have some kind of context or historical perspective. And let's just say I'm a complete and total moron because this was a terrible, (laughs) this was the worst idea. First of all, I dreaded you know, it just stared at me on my night table. And Mm. then I, out of some misplaced compulsion, I would finally pick it up. And then I would just keep rereading the same paragraph over and over again, somehow feeling obligated to keep going while my dad was getting closer and closer to dying of this terrible Uh, disease. It it was just like, no, I mean, bad idea. And I I assume it's a great book because the whole world says it is, but I hated it and I gave up, you know, after like 100 yeah, pages or something. Yeah. And then I read nothing for a while. Um, and mm-hmm. then a good friend came to my dad's shiva and she brought me a collection of poems by Louise Gluck called The Wild Iris, which, like Emperor Valmalis, is also won a Pulitzer. And Louise Gluck has won a Nobel Prize for her poetry, but I hadn't read any of her poetry. And I'm still making my way through it. Um, the poems are meditations on death and suffering and spirituality. And my God, a couple of them feel like, the first one in particular, felt like they were written about my father just for me. I mean, it's just amazing how a poem, if you read it at the right time, it can just get right to your heart and resonate. Mm. Wow. And then it turns out that The Wild Iris, I think maybe was a bit of an icebreaker because suddenly I can read again. Though I would not dream of reading anything challenging. So I just finished Five Star Weekend by Ellen Hildebrand, which is a total beach read about a middle-aged woman who's a famous lifestyle blogger. And her husband has recently died, and she gets the idea to organize something called a Five Star Weekend at her house on Nantucket. She thinks that spending a weekend with four friends, each from a different decade of her life, will help her break through her sadness. So I would say even though the ending is much too pat, I would definitely recommend this book if you're looking for something light and very highly readable. I'm sorry, I stopped paying attention for a second there and went and ordered the wild iris, (laughs) but I'm back. I'm back. And I did hear, I heard the words, thanks, thanks. I heard the words Ellen Hildebrand and highly readable. I've heard so many people rave about her. It seems like she writes the perfect, let me sit and try to embrace summer books. Yeah, I think that's a good description. This is the first book I've read of hers, but it definitely fits that description. So, okay, enough about me and my reading. Let's talk about you and your reading. Okay. I am so excited about the reading vision that I'm in the middle of. You know, the New York Times by the book feature where every week they interview an author who has a new book out and they ask a standard set of questions like, what books are on your nightstand? What's the last great book you read? You know, which writers working today do you admire most? That sort of thing. 
Mm -hmm. Okay. So some by the books are uninspiring. You know, I read them and I think I didn't learn a thing from that. But some are chock full of books I haven't read yet that just seem fantastic. And recently they interviewed S.A. Cosby, the crime writer, and his answers were a gold mine. I had this like light bulb moment. What if I devote my next month of reading to books that I find because of this interview? I got so excited by this idea and I launched myself into the vision. It's early days, but so far it has been fantastic. All right. Well, don't leave us hanging. Say more. Tell us. <laughs> okay. Okay. So first, I started with S.A. Cosby's new novel, All the Sinners Bleed. It's his fourth book. He writes Southern Noir. I read the third one, Razorblade Tears, when it came out in 2021. It tells the story of two ex-cons out to avenge the murders of their sons who were married. The fathers are grappling not only with their son's deaths, but also their own homophobic reaction to their son's love. It is a great premise and really well-written, very atmospheric, very propulsive, but I didn't finish it and think everyone should read this. Oh, no, that's that bums me out because based on your description, I was thinking, oh, I really want to read this. Well, to be clear, people should read it. It's great. I just didn't think everyone should read this. But I do kind of think that everyone should read All the Sinners Bleed. Hmm. In All the Sinners Bleed, the protagonist, Titus Crown, is the first black sheriff in the history of a Virginia county. In the opening pages of the book, a beloved white school teacher is killed by a black former student, and then that student is killed by Titus's deputies. This book, like Razorblade Tears, is action-packed and thoroughly gripping. What sets it apart is how immersed you get as a reader in what it would be like to be a person at the crossroads, right, of societal forces. Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, someone who believes deeply in the importance of upholding the law and also understands deeply the long history of injustices allowed by the law in this country against Black communities and the ongoing evidence and effects of those injustices. I think everyone is served by reading a book that compellingly conveys that perspective. Hmm. It's not a perfect book. You know, some of the dialogue is too stiff. Some of the characters are stock, but it doesn't matter. This is a page turner that's as important as it is entertaining. And that is a rare find. Done. I know what to read next. Also, they should have asked you to blurb it because this is a page turner that's as important as it is entertaining is like the best thing somebody could say about an author's book. Um, well, I'm sure they'll reach out to me next. You know? Yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> right. Of course. Of course. So in his By the Book interview, S.A. Cosby calls Jasmine Ward, quote, one of our most brilliant minds and one of the greatest writers of our generation. Speaking of a great blurb, right? Yeah, yeah. And I love Jessamine Ward. She's phenomenal. She won the National Book Award for two of her novels, Sing Unburied Sing and Salvage Bones, Salvage the Bones. She's also written a memoir, Men We Reaped, about five black young men she grew up with who all died violently in what she calls seemingly unrelated deaths in a span of four years. I've started reading that memoir and... As you might expect, it's both exceptionally well-written and heartbreaking. So I'm taking that one slow. 
I've also started Dennis Lehane's most recent book, Small Mercies, because S.A. Cosby lists Lehane as one of the writers working today that he admires most. This book is about a white woman working several jobs and searching for her daughter in Boston in the 1970s at about the same time that a black young man is found dead under mysterious circumstances. I am not going to take small mercy slow because I need to know what happens now. I'm not that far in, but already this book is a masterclass on how to bring compelling characters and the world they live in to life. It's so, so good so far. Wow. Okay, there's more. I read Jordan Harper's suspense novel, Everybody Knows, because S.A. Cosby named it as the last great book that he read. It's L.A. noir about the links some people will go to hold on to power and the kind of Bermuda Triangle effect that power can have on our sense of right and wrong. It's not a book that's going to be on my list of favorites, maybe because it kept me at a kind of remove, but it's very good. You know, I think you're onto something with this reading vision, Julie, and I think that maybe my reading vision will be just to read whatever you recommend. <laughs> you will be my reading vision. <laughs> Listen, no pressure. You know, I always want to be any help to you that I can, and especially now. And since you definitely don't want me cooking pot roast for you, book <laughs> recommendations might be my best bet. So we'll stick Fair. with that. Okay. <laughs> okay. And I, I'm going to say that that is it for this Book Dreams bonus episode. We always love hearing from you. Let us know what you're reading and loving, please. You can reach us at contact at bookdreamspodcast.com. We're also on Twitter and Instagram. Many thanks to our producer, Gianfranco Lentini, and to our theme music composer, Maya Polsky. You can find me at evyohallam.com and Julie at juliesternberg.com. And check out the podcast website, www.bookdreamspodcast.com. Until next time, happy book dreaming. Happy book dreaming. Love, come listen to Book Dreams with Julie and me.